Greetings. This is Hal Alpiar along with my co-host Johnny Stites and we are discussing today uh, a number of things that relate to the subject of vision for your business. And I, you know, I'm just going to start us out, Johnny, uh, with the uh, experiences that I've had with that word um, is that I, I find that most small business people especially uh, and professional practices have a tendency to think that vision and mission are the same thing. And, oh, thank you, and, uh, Pardon? Yeah, they're clearly not. Um, you know, mission is where you want to go over a given period of time. It's almost like stating your goal. Uh, vision is how you see yourself in five years, 10 years, 20 years. How, 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 where do you see that business headed? Um, and um, I think in your case, you know, especially with a family business experience, maybe you could share some thoughts about that with us and how it applies to the subject. Sure, Hal. Um, we were in the construction business for 44 years, and as we uh, learned about that business and about business in general, we realized that there was um, there's a lot of times in, when you're trying to run your business that you are trying to figure out how to do that well, and you don't really have a clear understanding of, A, what your skill sets are, what your unique abilities are, and so when you start trying to think about the vision for what you want to become as a company, it's it's not really clear. And not everybody in the company sees it the same way. Yeah, I, I kind of think of it as a, a vision to me is like a, a flag that you hoist up the pole over your business. It says where you are headed, what you're all about. That's a great way um, to say it. And But then when you come back to the other subject, the mission statement, that's that's kind of you know where we're going this year. You know, what, what's happening right now? How you're going to get to where you're going? But that banner, that flag up there is uh, – that's the vision. That's where you you want to end up. And uh, I think you're right. And the thing that vision embodies is things like your core values as a company. How, right. are, how are we going – what are we going to hold true to uh, like uh, as a company, the things that you really feel is important? What are you going to focus on? What kind of work are you going to go after? What kind of clients are you going to try to attract? Because if you have clients who are un only interested in one thing, and that's the lowest price, and you're not able to deliver the lowest price, then you shouldn't talk to that client. You shouldn't waste time with that client because you're never going to get them. So the idea is to try to find people that fit with your niche and with your focus and your uh, core values so that your time is well spent and you don't end up losing a lot of opportunities because you're spending your efforts on people that are never going to trade with you or come to you or use you as a, as a, a doctor or professional. One of the things I was going to suggest, if you're listening right now and you are a business or professional practice owner, uh, an operator or a manager – or a business and healthcare student or teacher or you're an entrepreneur um, and you have in your head some idea about what the vision is for where you're headed uh, with your business interests um, and you want to share that, you know, we, we'd be very happy to have you s send it to us and we would uh, – We'd be very receptive to have it, to share it on the air if it's one that seems to make sense and, and it works for you. Um, so so don't hesitate to do that. And besides, you'll get a little plug along the way. So wouldn't that be nice? I'm talking with Johnny Stites. I'm Hal Alpiar.
Johnny, can you extend that thought of vision into um, the, the people aspect of business? Sure. It became apparent to me as we were growing our business that you can't have a company that does quality work unless you have quality people. In other words, if I've got people working for me who don't really care about doing the right thing, who don't really care about putting out quality work and leaving a good reputation individually with a client, there's no way I'm going to be able to create a company that's known for that with people that aren't known so for that. So when you're saying quality, you're talking really about attitude more than skills, right? I mean, yes. you can teach skills. And, and it's even really more than skills because – uh, it's like that old uh, example we used in construction. There are three brick masons, and you're walking along the road, and you ask the first one, what are you doing? He said, I'm just laying brick. That's all I'm doing. The second one, what are you doing, sir? I'm building a wall. It's a part of a building. I'm just building a wall. And the third one says, oh, sir, I, we are creating a wonderful cathedral here for this community it's going to be a place of weddings and funerals and all kinds of important events of this whole cre- created area, and and they they see they have a vision for what they're doing that's important, and they have pride in that, and that's so much different than the first example of a guy who just land bricks. And that's a, all he does. And, and storytelling is a great skill, by the way. Thank you. You're yeah. very good at that. Um, <laughs> we, um, but that's a good point to make. Um, the the aspect i guess that that seems to bother me the most and i've particularly found this to be true in healthcare field is that we get stuck on the idea of of being um focused on people or focused on data and uh, data data however you want to say that <laughs> d a t a and 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 i have had the experience in healthcare where um physicians have been in some cases, uh, focused on data-based information for a patient rather than on the patient and and finding out – because everybody's different, you know. Um, well, this, the parts may be the same, but it, it isn't – you know, it's a car. The parts are the same, but different cars run different ways. So even if they're made by the same company and have the same uh, assembly line and everything else. So we um, – in the case of people, data-based – Stuff is not always accurate or helpful, and I, I don't know if that's true at a lot of levels, particularly in a family business uh, or in the construction field. Maybe you could share a little of that thinking. Well, let me get out of construction just a minute. Give you a personal uh, example that affected me. I recently traded cars, and the new car that I got uh, was more powerful. It could go faster. It could carry the same number of people. But there were things about it that, that for me as an individual, I didn't like. For instance, in my old car, I had a place I could put all my change neatly arranged. I had a place I could put my receipts. So when I charged something like gas, I could put my receipt in this location. My wife knew exactly where to go and to get that receipt out of the car. <laughs> Check you out. <laughs> That's right. And it, it had two glove compartments, not just one. It had many places to put things that I could put them in a place where they wouldn't roll around in my car and be lost. In my new car, I have one one of those glove boxes. I have no place to put change, and it's just 
it's not as much fun to ride and then drive that car, particularly on longer trips. And I didn't think about that when I was buying the car. I was looking at the color and I was looking at the seats. And now it does have some nice things I like, like uh, heated steering wheels and that kind of thing. And so I think uh, if you're going out there and doing a project for people, you you need to measure more than just the data. You need to measure how it's affecting people. So I think that's important. Okay, and while Johnny, we are discuss- Johnny and I today we're discussing uh, this whole subject of vision and people and data based uh, business. Um, this is Hal Alpr. Johnny Stites is here with me, and we are uh, intent on helping you with your business and your professional practice development. That's the whole direction that we're taking. So. Uh, be in touch with us. Uh, we, we welcome input at any time. Um, I'd like to just uh, touch a little bit more on this subject, John, um, uh, the, the database stuff, uh, particularly in the age we're living and, uh, and we see instantaneous uh, information available on anything in the whole world, um, that it gets us to a point – I think we get a little spoiled. We think we. I think some people get a little cocky about the idea that they can know it all. Um, anything you want to know, sure, you just click on the, you know, uh, on the search engine and you and you got it. But but does that solve the problem? Does that really help people to grow their business? And and if it does, how does it? Where does it fit? Yeah, my experience with data is uh, there's an awful lot out there you can accumulate. Some of the data is good and beneficial. It tells you things, and some of it's just data. It doesn't really tell you anything. It doesn't give you any guidance. It's important that the data not be just numbers. It could be how your client is affected by what you do for them. One of our data points was, was the client delighted with our work? And we tracked that. And there were some years that we'd have 100% of the clients would be delighted, which meant we were delivering more than they expected. There were sometimes we had disappointed clients. That was an important data mark for us. What caught, what went wrong? What could we do different? How could we learn from it? And many times it was just a misunderstanding or we dropped the ball and didn't realize it. And so once we understood that, we got the grade, we could go back and make it right with people. But you don't know that unless you're capturing that data. So the data, the thing I've learned about data is it's kind of um, – it's not temporary, but it's transitory. It it changes over time. And you, what you'll do is you'll start capturing data, and then you'll realize this is not really telling me what I want, and you'll start capturing a different data point, and that is the data that really makes your company uh, understand where it is much better. You, you talked about uh, in, in your explanation there, which thank you, uh, you mentioned customer delightment, so to speak, uh, it's an aspect of customer service. I, when I've worked with businesses over the years uh, as a coach, I, I have found that there tends to be a very strong dependency on the subject of customer service. And my recommendation usually with at least a great many businesses has been to forget customer service, throw it out, don't even deal with it. If you have a customer service department, you don't need them. If you're paying people for customer service, you don't need them. The deal is to teach all of your people how to serve the customer's interests at 
any time with any problem, no matter who it is. And if I you agree can do with that, that, Hal. Uh, you know, I agree with that. You're well, so exactly on, right. on that subject, we're going to take a quick break here and come back to you. I'm Hal Alpiar, and this is Johnny Stites, and, and we're going to come back to customer service. Welcome back. This is uh, Business Works and Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites, and we're talking about helping organizations clarify and simplify and achieve their vision. Uh, we discussed the subject of vision earlier in the show and people and database uh, information. Um, I, I, and, and I think that where we want to uh, go with this is, is uh, describe a little bit more where we ended up, and that was on the subject of that if everyone in your organization understands how to deal with the customer and that the customer comes first, that you don't need a customer service department or customer service people. I should be able to pick a phone up and call and whoever answers that phone should have the answers for me. And that doesn't happen overnight, of course. It takes some some training. But in the end, you're saving money. You're providing better customer service. Your employees and staff people are better informed, and there are all kinds of good positive things about that. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Don, if you could do that. Uh, one of the one of the things we did was we measured this uh, outcome of with our clients. We wanted to know whether they were delighted, or pleased, or satisfied, or disappointed with the uh, project that we did for them, and we bonused our people based upon the the uh, outcome. If the client was delighted, then they got a bonus. The team did. Everybody on that team got the bonus. If they were uh, pleased or anything less than pleased, then we didn't bonus them. Uh, the same is true of finishing on time. We wanted to be a company known as keeping our words, so we made it financially rewardable to our people to um, finish project on time. So uh, we would be so... In- <laughs> It was humorous to us when an owner would come up and say, Johnny, why do the laborers on this job keep asking me if I'm delighted with their work? And I would say it's because they know they're going to get a bonus if you're delighted because every man on this team wants you to be delighted. And that was always a big relief for an owner <laughs> to know that every person, not just the customer service, to your point, not just the salesman, not just the owners, but every man that did work on their project had the same goal, to delight the owner. And that was so much fun to to do that and to pay those bonuses uh, because we knew that if an owner was delighted, we were going to have a raving fan uh, that would be there for us and would be telling our story to other people. And, th- and this doesn't just apply to uh, a, a growing, you know, sizable business, by the way. I mean, what Johnny's talking about here. You could be a one-man band um, making products in your garage up a gravel road in the middle of nowhere here, uh, and it has just as much application in thinking to what you're doing uh, and where you're headed as it does for a company with a thousand employees. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it's it's a mindset, and so it depends on where you are. You if you have a small business that you're working with, um, inevitably you're going to want to grow it. And hopefully this is the time that you're thinking of it uh, along with um, kind of a, the the wave of information that's taking place now in the country and and the spirit that people are gathering about growing their businesses. Um, this is a good time, you know, and but how, you got to be careful. There's another thing I learned, which was really important. 
and that was that these men on this job who were working for these people, they enjoyed their work more when they felt like they were part of the solution, ah, yes. when they were part of the success of the project. And this was a way they could really celebrate that success. And they could they got the reports, got put in their personnel file. And so these projects they would be successful in were projects that they now could go back and talk to their children about, their wife about, mm-hmm. and and get the recognition they approve. And as we know, Gallup did a survey a few years ago, and they said the number one thing that people are looking for in their job, once they have enough money for food, clothing, and shelter, the number one thing they want out of their job is recognition and appreciation. Right. And and having it set up so the data reinforces that is wonderful because it allows you then to take people and put them in the right seats and and have the right uh, people in those seats. And by doing that, you end up with a successful company right. where everybody is thinking like an owner. Good point. This is uh, Business Works. I'm talking with Johnny Stites. I'm Hal Alpiar. That is so important. Thinking like the owner. That's yeah, right. Then and, I don't and, have to be everywhere. Yeah, and by the way, uh, a recognition and appreciation don't have to take the form of a salary increase. Oh, no. So if you're running a business, stop if you're doing that because you're, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg in the long haul. And it isn't necessary. People are very happy with with smaller rewards that fit them. And so there's a there's a whole thing we can talk about some other show maybe uh, about Maslow's hierarchy. If you're familiar with those words, you'll know what I mean. But the idea is to reward people at uh, at their level. So in order to do that, you kind of have to know about them. You have to know what you you don't want to give somebody a savings bond if if the issue is that they they're getting flat tires all the time and they're late for work. Um, give them some tires, you know. And by the way, if you do that you're not an ongoing expense of a salary increase. It's a one-time thing. It fits what they need. It's it's going to be much more appreciated. So it's determining uh, the people who you bring in to work with you, where they are in their, in their lives, what things are important to them. And when you have an, uh, an occasion to reward them with something – Pick something that fits them, not something that uh, that you imagine. Um, you know that people. Uh, one of the greatest examples I can think of is uh, someone in this area uh, who had a business that I was familiar with had an outstanding employee, and the person did everything you could imagine that would be great. You know, and and the, the owner wanted to. Um, take care of this individual and do something special and had considered a salary raise. And we talked about it and the end result was that we found out that this person, uh, the greatest wish is that they could have had a, a, a weekend off away from the children and with the husband and be able to do something that was like a little mini vacation. And so what happened was they, the, the, the boss uh, rented a limousine, had them taken by limousine with a little bar in the back and took them to Nashville for uh, a concert that they both were interested in that he'd, he'd heard about. 
um, and had them stay at a at a nice hotel downtown for uh, uh, the night, uh, paid for all their meals, and got them the limo back. And that person has never stopped talking about that event and how important that was. Uh, that it was the best thing that ever happened, and and it's you know if it had been a a, a salary increase, the boss would still be paying for it, and it would never have been as appreciated. This was something that fit what that person most wanted. So you can reward people much better when you when you have a sense of what's important to them. Um, you can, and and you make the great point that if you have a, a employee that you're trying to keep. If you pay them cash, then that the instant you pay them the benefit of the bonus or the raise is over. Uh, but if you give them an experience, uh, we would give TV sets or clocks or uh, trips. Yep. And when you do that, then they every time they see that clock, they're going right. to remember it was free it's or that TV set. Right. And, and the benefit goes on and on and on. So it's really important – as you said, how to do this in a way that people can be appreciated and recognized for that, and yes. that they're being appreciated. We're uh, we're talking. This is Hal Alpiar and Johnny Stites, and we're talking uh, about um, people in business and whatever it is that you do. If you are a doctor with a growing practice, or you are a practice manager. Whether you have a craft business, whether you have you're you've bought a franchise and you you know are you doing that? It's a retail operation, or if you're just a a, a budding entrepreneur or a student or teacher in business, all of these things have application, and we're particularly interested in providing practical information and ideas for those business interests in. Uh, in Putnam and the surrounding 13 counties. And so um, this is this is the goal, is to keep it local, keep it informative, keep it challenging, and, and we'd love to hear from you anytime about this. So here here's what we might talk about as we close this segment out, and that is this. If you have a good vision that you've really put some time into and you know where you want to go, and everybody in the leadership team and the company is on board with that vision. They're all following it. They're all uh, buying into it. And then you've got the right people in the right seats. Then the data will make apparent to you uh, throughout the company where all your uh, issues are and where all your warts are. Right. And so that's where we can take this discussion next time is go to the issues and how to deal th- with them. We'll look to see you then, and we thank you very much for listening today and hope you have a terrific week ahead.